Last week, I had the opportunity to um, share on the glory of God, and many of you have responded, and I so appreciate that the Holy Spirit was causing us to hear what God is doing. I wasn't aware that I was going to be doing part two until Pastor called me this week and said, you've, you've got, he says, do you have a part two in you? I said, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> Ask him if there's a part two. And there is. There is a part of this message that today, last week we, we, were, we heard about the glory of God and began to understand the depth of that and how God wants to move into all of our lives. But today, it's roll up your sleeves day. It's time for us to get serious about the, what the glory of God does into our hearts and lives and see it transform through us into the lives that he has brought us in contact around us. God's always desire, his desire is for us to be cleansed and restored in our relationship from, with him. From Genesis, with, where Genesis, where sin began, all the way through Revelation, is that constant heart cry of God to restore his relationship with us. But over that time, there's stuff that gets in the way that we allow to get in our way, that sin allows to get in our way. Now here's a question, and I'm going to be poking at you this morning, because I poked at me this week as well. How many of you even remember the message from last week? You have to show your hands. You can point. No. Just how? And you may say, oh, yeah, well, that was about something. It was good, though. I liked it. I want to tell you that does not bless me at all. How many of us walked back to our homes, like I said, stood in the middle of the living room and said, I declare the glory of God in this place? in our businesses, in our communities, and in our church. You see, it's more. We've got to get out of the listening mode and into the active mode. If we want to see and experience the fullness of God in your life, in my life, in our church, in our neighborhoods, in our community, and our nation that desperately needs to know Jesus as Lord and Savior of their lives. God wants you. You mean he loves me? No, no. He wants you, the fullness of, he, of who he has created you to be. In Psalm 139, he says, I knew you in your mother's womb, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God wants you. He wants you detached from the world around. He wants you from wandering around doing whatever you think is good one day and good the next day. He wants you in the fullness of who he's desired and designed you to be. When he knew you in your mother's womb, and he says, think about this, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. No person on this earth can undo that. When God declares, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, no one can undo that. He's declared who I am through his word of truth as he declares it over my life. Before I even knew what was around me, he's already made a statement of who I am. There's that place where he wants to heal our heart. He wants to change our lives. And he sent his son for the fullness of that. But from the beginning of time, he is constantly moving to see our lives restored, yours and mine. And when his glory comes in, everything else has to go out. Everything else has to go out. And that's his desire. It's like a washing that pushes everything out. And too often we're holding on to pieces. Wash everything out, God, except this. 
This is a place of unforgiveness I can't let go. This is a place of hurt I can't let go. Wash me, except this. Except this part. Our uh, granddaughter, uh, our granddaughter, Adeline, she would get in the, okay, Adeline, it's time for your bath. And, you know, kids, they, most kids love baths. She goes, okay. Now, I forgot, you know, because you got to get the instructions from the parents. So I forgot that Adeline doesn't like to sit down in the tub. So I'm like, how are we doing this? How am I going to wash you standing up? So she goes, I, yeah, I don't want to sit down. I said, Phyllis! <laughs> this is a grandma thing. Grandpas don't do this. Now, I only have one way of understanding. But sometimes we say, God, wash us just, just where I need to be washed. And I'll decide. I'll decide. God has a love for his people, Israel, and that love for his people, Israel, translates into our life as his people that are born-again believers in Jesus Christ. If you're not a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, then you're not part of God's kingdom. That's as simple as it is. You can show up here every week, but if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, then you're not part of the kingdom of God. And if you want to get that figured out, at the end of the service, there'll be people here in the front. They will lead you into a relationship with Jesus Christ. In Ezekiel 36, we read these words, beginning at verse 24. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. And I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you will be clean, and I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. That's the heart of God. When his glory comes in, his desire is to cleanse us from all impurities, from the idols we have allowed to become part of our life, that we've established our life to serve when we don't even realize it. But when God comes in, he begins to make a revelation of these things. And he said to the people, I'm going to clean you, and I'll cleanse you. I'll cleanse you from your impurities. But we can hold on to them. It doesn't say, I will force them out of you. He says, I'll cleanse you. When we bring them, we say, God, I don't know what to do. I'll cleanse you. And then this is such a powerful statement. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And I will live in the land, and you will live in the land I gave your forefathers. You will be my people, and I will be your God. That's his heart. That's not something we make a decision about and say, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. He says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take that heart that can't receive anything, that heart that is so hardened that it, it, it's been hurt, it's been damaged, it has been filled with sin. I'm going to take that because I want to, and I'm going to make, give you a heart of flesh that's open, that's ready, that can pump through your entire life the fullness of my presence in you. That's the heart of God for you. That's the heart of God for me. God does not repair hearts. He replaces hearts. He doesn't say this is good enough. We'll just, you know, we'll go down and get an extra part from the junkyard and stick it in. He doesn't do that. He says there's only one thing I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a brand new heart. Nothing but new. Nothing but what I've breathed into you. Nothing but what I desire. That is what God wants for you and for me. A brand new heart. 
heart, a whole new way of living our lives. He doesn't repair. His purpose is to move us towards him. Now see, here's where it gets, here's where we get it all messed up. We think it's his purpose for, for, uh, for him to come to us. God, you need to show me. No, he doesn't. God, you need to give me understanding. No, he doesn't. He wants us to move towards him so that all that matters is what matters to him. That's all. God, I give you my life. When I was back at Virginia Tech, 1972, a million years ago for many of you, for me too, I had a guy come to the door from Campus Crusade for Christ, knocked on the door, opened the door. I had filled out some form or something. He goes, hi. He says, I just have a question for you. Are you a Christian? I thought, well, what do I look like? I said, yes. And in, immediately in my mind, I kept thinking, who asks questions like that? I'm in the Bible Belt, so I knew it was a whole other world down there. Everybody's brother and sister and all this stuff. But I thought, and he began to share with me the plan of salvation, which I'd never heard before. And as that plan of salvation started getting into my heart, into my life, I began to, there was something that I never heard, that God wanted a relationship with me. He wanted me with all the stuff that was in my life. He wanted me. And I remember as I closed the door and I thanked him very nicely, but took his little book of the four spiritual laws and I began to read through it and I realized, my goodness, God loves me. And he wants a relationship with me, but there's stuff in the way. And I prayed the sinner's prayer. And I remember the skies didn't open, lightning didn't come. It just all of a sudden, I was very aware that God wants me. And for the rest of this time, to this very day, that has been my heart's desire. To be ready for whatever God wants in my life. He's created a pathway of restoration and transformation that ends at the cross and opens eternity for you and for me. But, but just grasp hold of this fact that if God wants me so much, and then I look and I realize there's things in the way. It's a, we have a basement that has a life of its own. It's just, who put all this stuff down here? It must be... You know, somebody must be coming in and putting stuff in. We can't possibly have all this stuff. And of course, Phyllis will be entertained, will be entertaining. She'll say, could you get that blue bowl, the one with the little, you know where that bowl is. Way. And it's like, really, couldn't you use another bowl? No, that blue one is the, because, you know what, don't even finish the sentence. I know it's futile. 41 years, when she says the blue bowl, it's the blue bowl. Just go get it. And now I have to get through the stuff. You're climbing, you're falling, things are toppling over. You have no idea, but you're just trying to get to that bowl. That's exactly what it is as we try to move our heart towards God. There's all kinds of stuff in the way. And if there's any value to a relationship with the Lord, and we start pressing, there are going to be things in the way. There are going to be people in the way. There are going to be hurts in the way. There's going to be disappointment in the way. There's going to be anger and unforgiveness in the way. There's going to be things that have happened in your and my life that are in the way, and we can either say, I can't, I won't, do something else, God. You've got to want more, something else in my life instead of pressing 
pressing and pushing the stuff out of the way. And when I start pushing the stuff out of the way spiritually, God pushes it with us. When I step in there and something happens, he takes it and he moves it along as well. And you feel like as you're moving ahead, God's right in there dumping the stuff as fast as he can because he, he's, he's anticipating like the father when the prodigal son, he's coming because he wants me and I want him. But so often we're just so busy trying to keep everything in order. Second Corinthians, Paul writes, and we... And we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of God are being transformed into the same image from one degree to another. For this comes from the Lord who is in the spirit. There's a change that begins to result. And you should be experiencing that every day. Every day. Not just every so often. Not just on Sundays. Not just on certain prayer nights. Every day to wake up and say, God, today, draw me closer to you. I want, you want me, I want you. And I don't know what that's going to mean. It may be in your job, it may be in your relationship, it means everything else, but it's nothing that we can just put in a, in, in a box somewhere and pull out periodically when we feel a little blue or we feel a little disappointed. No one called me to go to the prayer meeting. I'm sad. I feel left out. God, you love me. You want me. What's your heart cry? What's your heart cry? Did it change this week? Did it change when you began to reflect on the glory of God? Did you, did you hear God's heart for you? Did it matter? Did it matter at all? I took my mom down to see... Um, Esther, sight and sound. Canceled. Great. So I get up at 6 o'clock every day. You've heard this a million times. That's what I do. I get up, I have my time with the Lord. So at 91 years old, you say whatever you want. So my mother said, I can't believe you get up at 6 in the morning. I said, I get up every, every day at 6. Why? I said, it's my time with the Lord. Oh, that. Yeah, that. Later on, we talked about it. Because if I don't, I won't. I don't move, I, it won't happen. I'll just wait till later. Later never comes. Amen. So if you say, I want, God wants me, God wants, I want to show up. Not driving on the expressway, show up. Not doing something, I want to show up and be with him. Well, pastor, that's what you do for a living. Oh no, that's what I do for me. That's not my job. I don't sit in my office during my nine to whatever and say, now it's my time with the Lord. Oh, no, that's me. That's Ted and Jesus. That's Ted and God. That's my time where I hear his voice. That's the time where I worship. That's the time where I weep. That's the time where I rejoice. That's the time where I bring the things before God that I can't bring to anybody else because he wants me. And he's changed my heart. And I'm not hard to the things of God, but soft and pliable. And each time that happens, it's another level and another level and another level of what God wants to do in our hearts and lives. <laughs> David says in Psalm 139, Search me, O Lord. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way, grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That has to be our cry. It's we're done with God. If you could come in and do a little straightening up here, a little cleaning up, 
I look at the, the horrible things that it came with this flood uh, from the last hurricane that went through. Do you think people want to come in with a little duster and say, can I help here? Could you dust off that furniture that's soaking in water that has fallen? Yeah, could I, I come in and do a little polishing of that? Oh, no. The cry of David is, search me, O God, and know my heart. Because guess what? I don't even know my heart. Have you ever been in that situation where you, you're, something's going on and you go, whoa, I just had that thought? I, I'm that angry? I'm that disappointed? I'm that hurt? Now, I don't know about you, but I hear this. It's not that far from here to here. I don't hear other stuff, but I hear that. And David is crying out, leave nothing of me, even my thoughts, whatever it is, lead me in a way that is not restricted by the world around me, by my hurts, my disappointments. Lead me in the everlasting way, the way that keeps going and keeps going and keeps going until I'm in eternity at, the foot of the, at, at, at your feet, worshiping and loving you. Paul says in Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That by testing you may discern what the will of God is, that good and acceptable and perfect will. The presence of the God points us in his direction, in his direction. And so we cry out like Paul, don't conform anymore. I want to know the will of God. There's a connection the more we're connected to the will of this world, the less we will understand the will of God. It's just, that, it's just that simple. If I want to understand my finances according to the world, then don't, work, don't think you're going to get an understanding of your finances according to God. We have a class here that helps us take biblical principles and apply them into finances. And you know what? They don't work in the world system, but they work in God's system. And there's so many places in our hearts, in our lives, where this reality of, of, of our, we feel safe in the world because we're living in it. But my eyes are in a world that's far bigger and far better than this world we're, working in, we're walking in today. Far better, far greater, with an eternal view, not just getting through the next day. And you know, I've done it, and we've all done it as Christians. There's a point, church, where we have to say, it's, I'm not satisfied with just getting through today. I'm not satisfied with that anymore. I'm not satisfied with just going down my block and wondering if people are saved or not saved. I'm not satisfied with just making it through in a marriage, making it through in a relationship, making it through as a parent. I want the glory of God. I want his presence. I want his understanding to come into every situation so I can see him. I can see my church, my children, my wife, my family, everything transformed. That's the vision. Not just, I made it through another day. Thank you, Jesus. More. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. The old, everything the new, everything, if I'm a born-again believer. I may not have experienced yet, but it's true. It's there. God, you can show me how to forgive. I don't want to. You can show me. You see, that's where this changes. That's with when God comes into our hearts and lives and we step up and we say, God, I know that I have to forgive that person. I know they hurt me. And believe me, I've done enough counseling here. I know. I know how hard it is. I know our, our counseling center where we work with couples all the time. I know there are some horrific things that have happened in marriages. 
So I don't say it lightly like, hey, just get past it. No, no. Forgiveness is not just getting past it. Forgiveness in these kinds of situations, when it's empowered by God, is transformational. We have people that are counseling in our counseling center whose marriages were completely destroyed. God restored them, and now they're helping other couples. That's the hand of the Lord. That's not training. That's not feeling good about something. That's not wanting to get involved. That's when God comes in and changes everything. And so we hear these words, and we say, you know, I'm a new creation in Christ. Everything's different. Everything's different. But pastor, you don't understand my situation. You know what? I don't, but God does. And we can come to that place where we say, God, here I am. I'm a new creation. Show me how to see this as a new creation. Show me how I can move closer to you in the midst of this. Show me how this difficult place can be a venue in which I'm able to grow closer to you and see what you have for me. You see, as a new creation, it, it's, it's not just a, a wonderful truth or a state of mind. It's a change in my life. When I became born again, it was a whole new world for me. I didn't understand it, but something happened in me. And the things that didn't matter, mattered. There I was at, at Virginia Tech going through my, my courses in architecture, and I remember it just wasn't the same as when I got there. Because there were different things that God was doing. And all I knew is I wanted every day to be pleasing to the Lord. That's all that mattered to me. That's all that mattered. Paul says in Colossians 1.10, So as to walk in a matter worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing, pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's, that has to be our heart, church. We should just write that everywhere so we can remember every day. Every day, I want to bear fruit in every good work so that it might increase in the knowledge of God. Now, we're not talking about information. We're talking about transformation. We're talking about, I need the knowledge of God in this situation, in this situation, in this situation, in this situation. I need the knowledge of God to bring healing. I need the knowledge of God to bring understanding. Have we been hurt? Absolutely. Have there been horrific things that have happened in lives right here? Absolutely. But that can't be our identity. Though it has hurt us, it has made a challenge for us. Our identity has to be there's a new creation in Christ. It has to be that new person that steps into that old situation and say, God, show me, show me, show me what you would have for me in this place, in that place of healing in that place of restoring me. Paul says in Colossians 3, and I'm, I'm going to read this, and there's kind of like little, little inserts that I've made. Since then you have been raised with Christ, choose to set your hearts on the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. You choose to set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Oh, incredible. You choose to put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. That's your choice. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you are born again. 
You must choose in his power and glory, rid yourselves of all these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips, anything that God reveals to you. Do not lie to each other since you have chosen to take off your old self which is with, with its practices and have chosen to put the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of the creator, the image of God, his glory, his action. It's choice, it's a choice, it's a choice, church. It's a choice, not so I can just be good. Because you know what, all these things, malice, rage, filthy language, uh, it's all in the way, it's all in the way. It's in the way of being a testimony and a witness. It's, a way, it's in a way, it's in the way of your marriage. It's in the way of your marriage. Just forgiveness heals so many things. Just knowing God's power and his anointing heals so many things. His glory cleans out everything in the way of his presence. But are you ready for that cleaning? Or are we gonna stand holding back clean but not this part change me but not this part the enemy has made many of us feel that this will never change this is who you are I never have ever believed that I believe when God changes me fully I am changed there's not a part of me that God can't transform not one thing so I don't go back and say I'm this way because of that I'm healed. Are you ready to be healed? Are you ready to be set free? Are you ready to be that person that God wants you to be, even if it really hurts and you got to climb through a bunch of stuff to get there? Is it that important? Is it that treasure that's been buried that you sell everything and say, this is all I want. I want every day to, to know every day God wants me. God loves me. God will come after me because he wants me to be his. He wants me to be his mouthpiece. He wants me to be the person that he had called me to be as he looked into my mother's womb and he said, you, Ted, are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I have plans for you. And I have a purpose for you. And I have a desire for you to do my will. Just stop. Let your emptiness be a place that God can pour in. Listen, God receives us wherever we're at. You may be hearing this for the first time. You weren't even here last week. And you say, you know, I don't even know where to start. I don't know where to start. Get alone. Get alone at the altar here. Get alone with someone and just say, here I am, Lord. I don't know where I need to start. Do you honestly think God would say, hey, well, you got to figure it out? I'm all-knowing, but you, not so much. Do you, do you really think that's what God would do? When I come to him and say, God, whatever you want, show me. I want to be so close to you. He begins to show me the things that are in the way. It could be huge things. It could be small things. But as he does that, I begin to realize he really wants me. He loves me and somehow I understand. But he wants me in the fullness of who he's created me to be. Let God burn up the chaff. 
let him burn the fire in our hearts and in our lives. Just a moment, Earl. Pastor Matt, it's this incredible song. We've sung it already that just kind of knits us all together. But I want to pray with you. I want to pray that God will, you will be open to the stirring of the Holy Spirit. Father, in this gathering, we believe this has been your timing for us. It's time, Lord, and we want to see you. We want to know deeply how much you want us and how much you love us. And so, Father, the things that are in the way, we pray that you'll reveal them to all of us. For those whose marriages are falling apart, say, Lord, show us. Show us that we will be obedient to whatever you say. For those that are fearful, for those that have taken on an identity of a hurt from all these years ago, today, Lord, thank you that you want us to cleanse us, to take that hardened heart and make it flesh, to make it alive again spiritually and no longer held back. Show us, O oh God, the pathway of righteousness and healing. Now I'm just going to pray this, and I've seen this be incredibly powerful. We have a ministry here called Ancient Past that allows God just, we just hear his voice in the midst of the needs. But right now, just say, show me, Lord, anything that's in the way of me knowing you deeper and being available for you. Anything. 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 Some of you, you have relatives that have hurt you so deeply that you don't see any place of that being healed. God is healing you now. Let him heal you. The number of you that you just said, I have failed so miserably failed so miserably how could God ever restore what I have destroyed God is a God of restoration hope and a future let him restore let him heal and Lord let us as a church show us anything that's in the way anything that we have to climb over to see your glory descend on this place and into this neighborhood and into this state and into this country and into this world. Lord, here we are, Lord. Use us because we know you love us and you desire us. So here we are, Lord. We're your people. We hunger after you. The Spirit of God grasp hold of your heart right now. And if all this seems so hard, because you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. And today's the day that you are going to begin that journey. Come after the service and we will pray that prayer of salvation. But Lord, right now, as we open our hearts in the place of worship, let these words stir us, cause us to know you. Thank you that you desire us. We're overwhelmed by that truth. Take our hard heart and make them hearts of flesh that we might follow you. In Jesus' name.